If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are below. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Okay, I want to start with a story about a boy. A story about a boy. That's okay. Uh, So this boy, he's at his house, and he tells his parents, I want to go see a play. I want to go to the theater. It's a a rich, they're a rich family, so they can afford to go to the opera, okay? So he takes his mom and dad. His dad is a wealthy doctor around town. His mom is a socialite. They go out, they go to the opera. You know what they see? They see the Mask of Zorro. It's this amazing play about a guy who wears a mask and goes around and stabs bad guys. Well, the play is over. He ends up with his family. This boy is like probably seven years old. He goes into the alleyway. All of a sudden, a robber appears with a gun in his hand. And the robber says to the boy's dad, give me all your money. And the dad hands over the wallet. But then the robber gets a little startled. He thinks something's off. And he ends up shooting the boy's parents. And yeah, super dramatic. The mom is wearing a pearl necklace, and it just goes everywhere. It just, it's super dramatic. And, they, and, it's, and, and the boy is left in a puddle of tears on the ground. And, and it was in that moment that Bruce Wayne died and Batman was born. Okay? No, seriously. That's the way. I'm a huge Batman nerd. Okay? When you read Batman's comics, and I'm not talking about just, like, the movies. When you read the comics, you start to see that Bruce Wayne is actually just a mask. It's, it's at, the boy grows up, he becomes super rich, he ends up running his dad's company, um, but everything he does, every time he's sitting in a meeting, every time he's going on a date with some rich girlfriend, it's all just an act because he can't wait till a night happens and then he can put on his mask and be who he really is. Because when his parents died, Bruce says that he died that night too. He stopped being Bruce Wayne and he became Batman, yeah. Did he ever find Yeah, it was a crook named Joe Chill. And uh, yeah, he ended up finding him. Um, didn't kill him because Batman never kills. What? Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, no, it's not. It's his code of honor. Um, it is lame, though, that he keeps letting the Joker keep going free, and then the Joker keeps killing more people. Anyway, here's the point. The, today we're talking about something called the death of me. And it all goes... You're like, the death of me, I don't want to die, or is Aaron dying? Um, look at verse 3. It says, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ. Uh, what's, what's not fun? Dying. Dying! <laughs> you just jump right to the chase. I was going to wait for people to be like, uh, duh, like things that weren't fun. I can't think of anything that's not fun, because all I ever do is fun things. <laughs> like fixing my car this morning. That was fun. I got an oil stain on my hoodie, and I think it's permanent. Dang it! I love this hoodie. Anyway, what's not fun is dying. It's kind of scary. It's kind of freaky. Like, I, the thought of dying, I used to be scared of dying because I didn't know where I'd go. Now I know. I'll be with Jesus. The Bible says really clearly that if you believe in Jesus, if you put your trust in Jesus, if you die, you'll be absent from your body, but you'll be with God, which is awesome. 
But I'm still kind of scared. Like, if I die, I hope it's like in my sleep or like a nuclear bomb goes off in my face and it happens so fast that I don't even, I can't even tell. But like, if someone came to me and tried to kill me by like cutting me into like tiny little pieces, like just one inch at a time, like that'd be a terrible way to die. Just like chopping off parts of your body until all that's left is a head. Like that would be a bummer. That's kind of gruesome. You guys are probably scared right now. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Here's the crazy thing, okay? Verse three says, we died. Read it. Verse three, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. What does that mean? Does that mean we're ghosts? Does that mean we're like, oh, the Bible says we're dead. We start like haunting people. If I was a ghost... I'd freak out my friends. I'd show up to their house and I'd be like, hey, buddy. (laughs) How you doing, buddy? (laughs) I wouldn't do anything mean. I would just probably go around to my friends and whisper, hey, buddy, in their ears. And that would probably traumatize them. And if I was in my house late at night and I heard someone whispering, hey, buddy, I'd I'd probably just start weeping. I'd be like... I'm going to give you guys an example of how someone can die. Here's what it means. It's not literal death. It's not like, oh, you believe in Jesus? Stab! Like, that's not what it means. Um, In some countries. Luckily, not ours. Um, If you believe in Jesus, if you give your life to Jesus, I don't care if you were a drug dealer who just got out of prison yesterday and you gave your life to Jesus, or if you're a kid who's been born in a Christian family your whole life, Once you put your trust in Jesus, your old life and everything your old life could have been. Like, think about that. Like, if you weren't a Christian up until this point, think about all the more sins that you would have probably done if you didn't have Jesus in your life to help you not do those sins. That person who you would have been without Jesus, that person's dead. I'll give you guys an example, okay? So, two examples. One from the Bible and one from my life. One, who's heard of the Apostle Paul? Anybody? Okay. Here's an example of Paul. He's a guy, before he knew Jesus, completely different guy. In fact, his name was Saul. And Saul was a guy who hated Christians, did not like them, uh, because he believed that they were against what the Bible taught, which is weird, because you're like, isn't the Bible all about Jesus? Well, he had the Old Testament, which was the Torah. And the Torah said there's going to be a Messiah to come one day. When Jesus showed up, Paul and the other people who were religious guys, they looked at Jesus and they're like, he's not the Messiah. He's just a rebel. He's just a weirdo. We don't like him. We're glad he's dead. So Saul goes around and he starts capturing Christians, torturing Christians, killing Christians, And God actually literally knocks him off his horse. Like, imagine that. You're riding your horse. You're like, I'm going to town to kill some people. And then God shows up and, like, literally, like, like, kicks him off his horse. And he lands on the ground. And God shows up. And he's like, hey, what are you doing, man? Why are you messing with my people? That's not literally what he said in the Bible. He was like, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? But I I like to think of it as like, yo, dude, what are you doing, man? Stop messing with my people. (laughs) Like, I mean, because it was probably really intense. Like, it was probably, like, blinding light and, like, flames. It's like, whoa. Saul was like, probably, like, wet his pants. The Bible left, left that detail out. But Saul, like, God shows up, and he's like, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And Saul's like, I killed people, but I never kicked any goats. Um, it's, all, it's a weird Bible thing. Kick against the goats. It's, look it up. It's, it's interesting. That's not what I'm going to focus on today. Um, Google it. Okay. Here's the point. He says to Saul, here's your choice. You either keep doing what you're doing and I'll destroy you, or 
follow me. I've got a good plan for your life, Saul. I've got a perfect plan. I am Jesus. I am God. Like Saul believed in God. When God appears to you in a burst of flaming light and glory and says, oh, by the way, Jesus is my son, like you believe it. You're like, okay, maybe I was wrong about that Jesus guy. I am like, and and you know what? Instantly he was changed. God blinded him. He put fish scales on his eyes. Super weird. Um, When you have fish scales on your eyes, try it. Get some fish scales, glue them to your face. (laughs) You won't be able to see. That's what happened. He He couldn't see. He goes to see a Christian and this old Christian man prays for him. The scales fall off his eyes, and he says, I once was blind, but now I see. Um, All of a sudden, Saul changes his name to Paul, goes to the desert for a couple years to study the Bible and figure out what it really said about Jesus, and then he goes back out into the world and starts telling people about Jesus. Completely changed life. Paul ends up writing half of the Bible when before he was the number one Christian enemy. Now his life is completely changed, and that's because he died. Now, he's still alive. His body is still alive. But the person who he was before Jesus died. Now, here's another example. Hey, how's it going? Hello. My wife is so cool. We're just talking about how we died. Colossians 3, verse 3 says, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ. I'll give you guys another example. Somebody who's not maybe 2,000 years ago, somebody who is recently around, okay? Um, who here has ever met my grandpa? I call him Papa Tony, okay? He's a good guy. He sounds like he should be running a pizza place. Hey, I'm Papa Tony. Let me give you a pizza right there um, in the face, okay? <laughs> I love teaching here because I can get away with stuff that I couldn't get away with in high school group. It's amazing. All right, so Papa Tony... Um, Back in the day, this is just the stories I've heard, okay, from family members. Back in the day before he knew Jesus, completely different guy. He drank a ton, swore a ton, hung out with guys. I think he was probably like playing cards and gambling with people all the time. Just a total like 1950s, like just a guy, like, you know, cussing and swearing and beating people up and getting in fights and stuff. He used to have a temper, I heard. One time he got so mad at my grandma when they first got married that he, she was probably telling him, like, go mow the lawn. He's like, I want to watch my game because he loves watching sports. Um, he got so mad at my grandma, he ended up punching a hole through the wall. Just like, I think of him as just like Fred Flintstone. Just, ah, Bernie, come here. <laughs> like just clobbering people all the time. Well, he ends up meeting Jesus. The, the way that it happened was through my dad, because my dad had a little bit of faith in God, and he kept telling my grandpa, we should go to church. We should go to church. And grandpa was like, no, no, no. One day they're out driving on the mountains, and their tires almost fall off of their car. Like, they almost end up driving off a cliff. And as they're driving, and the tires go crazy, and they're all, and they get to the cliff, they're like, and my dad says to my grandpa, he's a little boy, we should probably go to church. And grandpa goes, yeah, you're right. We should probably go to church because he almost died. So he ends up going to church, gets saved, and like instantly stops the drinking, stops the swearing, stops punching holes through walls. And if you talk to him now, he's the most gentle, sweet, kind, wonderful guy. He leads a Bible study every Monday night for, uh, for different guys. I mean, when I look at my grandpa, I'm like, he's probably the most spiritual person in our family. Like he seems like he has the, the best connection to God. And it's because the person he was before he met Jesus died. And what lives on is the person that God wanted him to be. It's the same thing with us. 
Here's the deal. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says we've been crucified with Christ. Who knows about crucifixion, right? It's a pretty terrible death, right? It'd be like today saying, like, you've sat in the electric chair with Jesus. Like, I'm just serious. It's like, that's, 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 a, that's death. Like, if I go to the electric chair, you throw the switch, I get shocked, electrified, I'm fried, I'm a crispy critter, I am no longer, I am dead, okay? What the Bible's saying is, when it says you've been crucified with Christ, doesn't just mean, like, it's not just like, oh yeah, Jesus was on the cross, and I guess in some kind of weird way, you were too. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is literally, you were crucified with Christ. Your old self is gone. For those of you guys who grew up in a Christian home, the way you need to look at it as the person who you would have been without Jesus is gone. Now think about your own sins, okay? Maybe for you, you lie a lot. Maybe you struggle with bad thoughts. Maybe you gossip. Now, these are things that God has been helping you with your entire life. He's been helping you. Ever since you were born, ever since your family started teaching you about Jesus, ever since you gave your life to Jesus, he's been helping you grow. Imagine if you never had Jesus. All those things you struggle with would be 10, 50-something times worse. You would be in a really bad place. We're really lucky. Because our old man, that's what the Bible calls it, like the person we were before Jesus, he died a long time ago when we gave ourselves to Jesus, and now we've had a new start. We have had a life that has, yeah, we sin, we struggle, we mess up, but we've had Jesus to help us. For a lot of you guys, your whole life, for some of you guys, maybe it was last year or maybe two years ago that you gave your life to Jesus. You need to understand that person you were. I mean, you could be, a, you could be like a, a murderer. I've known a guy, I had a pastor, I had a pastor once, a junior high pastor when I was a kid. He was a gangbanger. He was a guy who'd go out and just rob people. He actually had killed a guy. And you know what? When he gave his life to Jesus, that, that, was, that stuff was gone. Now he you know, went to the authorities and he told them what happened. It was in the middle of a gang fight that it went down. Um, you know, I think he ended up getting punished for it. Um, but the important thing is all the stuff he did, like, you have to face the consequences. That doesn't mean like you could like rob a bank today and then be like, oh, I'm saved. And the cops are like, oh yeah, you're fine. You're a Christian now. Like you have to pay for the price of your sin. But the awesome thing is no matter what we do, once we give our life to Jesus, that stuff is in the past and he forgives us for our sin. So sometimes as a Christian, you can think you lost your life. Like some of you guys might feel like that today. I think, I think there might be some of you guys here who are like, I guess I'm supposed to be a Christian because my parents want me to be a Christian. Like, it's what I'm supposed to do. As a Christian, sometimes you can feel like you're losing out on life because maybe your parents are like, you can't go there, you can't do that, you can't hang with them, you can't party with them. Sorry, it's off the limits because you're a Christian. And you can grow up hearing that. You're like, well, being a Christian is kind of lame. For me, uh, I remember one time my wife and I were on a trip and uh, we had packed all these bags well, I had one bag that was really important. It was a bag that was full of my digital camera and my laptop and my iPad and all my lenses, like just all this really valuable stuff to me. We get on the bus to go to the hotel and we end up getting up to our room and we're unpacking, we're getting ready to order a large pizza. And all of a sudden, and it was a terrible pizza. It was one of the worst pizzas I've ever had. It was so expensive and it was just like the thickest, nasty, everything was so thick and nasty. It was just like you took a bite and it was like this chunky cheese. It was just, it was terrible. Anyway, I don't know. We were in a hotel. We were hungry. We were like, this is the only pizza place in town. On Yelp, it's got good reviews. 
And then we ordered it, and it was terrible. So we went on Yelp, and we're like, this place is the worst. No, I'm just kidding. We didn't do that. Um, Why did you guys Dude, I don't even remember where we Where were we? We were in San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. We went somewhere after that. I don't know. Anyway, we're in the room. We're getting the pizza. All of a sudden, I noticed my bag is missing. I was like, no, because it's all this expensive stuff. I thought I had lost my bag. I was running around trying to find it. I went down. Uh, I talked to the hotel people, and they were like, I'm sorry, sir. There's no bag anywhere. And I was like, no. And I'm running around. I'm asking everybody, and everyone's like, you're dumb for losing your bag. Ha! And, and I, w- I go out to the bus driver, okay? And this still bus... There? What? still there? Yeah, the bus driver's still there. And I'm like... And the bus driver's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, I lost my bag. I don't know where it is. And he was trying to talk to me. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you. I gotta go. I was kind of rude to him. I go back in the hotel and I'm angry because I'm like, all this expensive stuff. It's lost. I'm calling my parents. I woke up my parents like, like really early in the morning and they're all mad. And all of a sudden the bus driver comes out of nowhere with my bag. And I'm like, where was it? And he's like, it was just in the closet. Somebody just put it in the closet. I looked. I was like, thank you so much. I gave him a big tip because I was like, thank you so much you found my bag. Here's the point. Sometimes, as Christians, we can feel like our life is lost. And we're, as Christians, we can be running around trying to find our life, you know? Like, oh, ever since I started following Jesus, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm so frustrated. But here's what it says in verse 3. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So, your life, the place where you find your life, the place where you find your happiness, just like my bag was hidden in that closet, it's usually the last place that you look. I would never have thought to look in that closet because it was so tiny and insignificant. For us, our life is hidden in Christ. Our life is hidden in Jesus. And a lot of times that's the last place we look. We have so many things on our iPods and our iPhones and our computers that we check first before we even think about spending time with Jesus. The idea comes in our head, maybe I should spend time with Jesus. I got to check this and this. I got this app and this thing and this thing going on, all this stuff going on. And, and, and the last place we look, the last thing on our list, you know, it's like, mm, maybe if I have time after all the stuff I got to do, then I'll spend time with Jesus. That's how it is a lot of times with me. And it's wrong. Our life, our fulfillment, our happiness is found in a relationship with Jesus, not just serving God. Maybe some of you guys go to children's ministry and you help out. Maybe some of you guys uh, will grow up like me and you'll end up serving as a junior high counselor or something. It's really easy to try to find your fulfillment in serving God. God, look at all the things I'm doing for you. But God's like, hey, your life is hidden in a relationship with me. If you want to find your life, you got to find me. Here's another tip too. Boys and girls. This is actually a tip for girls and for boys, but I'll start with girls. There's this great quote because it's like for girls – you know, admit it, you all want some dude to like you one day. You might now, you'd be like, no, not me, no, no. <laughs> but in truth, you're all like, one day my prince will come. <laughs> like, you're, you're hoping, okay? Here's what happens. A lot of girls end up kind of like wanting a guy to find them so bad that they're just like, here I am. To like every guy who comes their way, like, look at what I'm wearing. Look at how I'm like, it's just like, everything's like in your face. Like, here I am, take me. And Jesus, I think would say, here's a great quote, okay? A young girl's heart should be so hidden in God that it takes a man looking for God to find her. Did you catch that? 
A young girl's heart should be so hidden in God that it takes a guy looking for God to find her. Because I see a lot of girls who are just, everything's just out and it's just very flirty and it's just like, here I am. And they end up with guys who are chumps, guys who aren't looking for anything good, guys who just want just easy, quick, fun, and it ends up amounting to nothing. But when a girl is like, man, I'm gonna go spend time with God and make that my relationship, what happens is when a young man who's seeking God is looking after God, he's, he's seeking God, he's praying, he's going after God, then God will be like, hey, you found me, now let me lead you to this girl who also is looking for me. And it ends up being a great thing. So just a quick tip, wasn't in my notes, but that's free for you. So <clears throat> let's go to number two. Look at... Verse one, go back to verse one. It says, if you have then been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above which, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Do you guys know that Egyptians, when they died, used to bury themselves in tombs full of gold and silver and jewels? Did anyone know that? They used to embalm them. They, really creepy. You know those mummies? That's what it was. They would wrap them up in toilet paper. I'm just kidding. They would wrap them up in, I don't even know what it was, but they'd wrap them up in this stuff. they turn them into mummies. they put them in a cave. they put them in a pyramid. they put them in a tomb, and they just fill the place up with gold and coins and jewels. It was a big waste of money because you're dead. When you're dead, you can't use, like you can't just be like chilling in your tomb and you're like, Oh, I want to buy an app. I'll just take this gold coin. Like, that wouldn't even work. That wouldn't even make sense. They didn't have phones back then. None of that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> We've established that I don't make sense. Um, here's the point. You can't take it with you. Like, if you die today and I put you, in, I don't know why I'm the guy putting you in, a gra- in the ground. If you died in this classroom, I would carry you out back. Uh, I would dig a hole. I'd put you in the ground. <laughs> Unless your parents like, wanted you to actually be in a cemetery. But if they didn't care, I'd just be like, it's all right. I've got a shovel. I'll do it. So just, I mean, just so you know, if any of you die right now, you will be taken care of. That's what Jesus said. Yeah. He, they asked him, like, Jesus, like, if a girl marries a guy and he dies, and then she marries his brother and he dies, and then she marries his uncle and he dies, and... Then she gets to heaven, like, whose husband will, you know, they be? And Jesus is like, in the kingdom of God, there won't be any marriage. So, ha-ha, gotcha. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm excited to hang out with my wife, Brooklyn, in heaven and be friends with her. And hopefully we'll have houses next door to one another and we could just, like, party all the time. It'll be super cool. Be like, hey, come on over. I'm blasting some angel music. I don't even know what it's going to be like over there. I know it's going to be awesome, though. Here's the thing. The Egyptians in the tombs, with all their gold and all their jewels and all their riches, they can't take it with them. They died. Their money is just going into the ground. If you go to Jesus's tomb, there's no gold in there, there's no silver, and there's no body. It's because Jesus rose from the dead. For us, we've been risen with Christ. That's why you need to look at life like this. Normal people look at life, I'm living one day I'll die. We need to look at life as I'm living, and one day I'll be living even more. That's really cool. To think of it as death is just a really temporary thing that happens, you know, whether you get hit by a bus or whether you die of old age. Death is just going to be something that will, yes, be painful in our human bodies, but then it's the gateway to more living. Living more than you ever have, really. When you're in heaven with Jesus, you're gonna have a new body. There's gonna be a new world. 
Like when God makes heaven and earth, what I've learned and what I believe is that it's going to be a lot like earth, but like a million times better. Earth was God's original design. When we get to heaven, there's gonna be a new earth. There's gonna be cities. There's gonna be kingdoms. I'm pretty sure we're gonna be able to fly. I'm really hoping for that. Uh, I think all the limitations that we have on earth will be gone and we'll just be able to cruise around and hang out with Jesus and hang out with everybody and, and worship God. I used to think heaven was like, oh, heaven's like we go up on a big cloud and we have harps and we're just like, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I think there's gonna be like the most awesome worship services of all time in heaven. We're gonna just worship our faces off and then we're gonna go hang out with God and cruise around the new earth and, and just have a great time. So what kind of life are you living for? Are you living your life for death? Are you like, that's how, that's how normal people who aren't saved, that's how people who don't know Jesus, that's how they live their life, for their death. They're like, I have to work really hard now so that I can get enough money so that I can retire and die comfortably. Because I don't want to be 80 years old and having to only eat at like McDonald's and having to work a job when I'm 80. I'm going to work really hard now so I can get a big house with a boat and a pool in my backyard so that one day when I'm really old, I can die really comfortably. That's kind of depressing. If that's all we're living life for is just for our death, that's dumb. But if we're living our life now for our life then, that's amazing. Jesus says that everything you do now stores up treasures in heaven. Everything you do now impacts the next life. And I'm talking like everything. Jesus says, I say it all the time, I'm like a broken record, but Jesus says if you give a little cup of water to a child who's thirsty in his name, that's getting you riches in heaven. And you might be like, I'm conflicted because I've been told not to be greedy, but now I want to do things to get riches in heaven. The Bible actually teaches you to like try to get riches in heaven. And it's not going to be like riches, like we're not going to be in heaven with like bling, like, hey, looks, check out my, all my gold. Like I was a better person than you on earth, sucker. <laughs> like that's not how it's going to work. It's, it's going to be just amazing blessings from God. I can't even describe it. One thing it says is that we're going to get all this stuff, all these blessings, and then we're going to go to Jesus and like give it back to him. And then I think he's probably like going to give it back. It's just going to be this. I don't even know. It's going to be really cool, though. Um, everything you do on earth affects your life in. Yes, they're going to be redeemed. Thank you, Brent. Your knowledge is astounding. Um, Brent, do you want to buy a castle for $1? There's a catch, though. You buy this castle for $1, and then you have to spend your own money fixing it up. It's part of the contract. You know how much money it costs to fix up a castle that's broken down? 17 million. That's what Jesus did for us. He looked at our life and he's like, I'm going to purchase them. And it might be like, okay, you got to do one thing. You got to die. But you know what? It comes with a lifetime of repairs. Like to purchase one life might seem like not that much. But Jesus paid for it with the ultimate price, which was his death. Not only that, but he died for you, and now he's with you your whole life with all your sins, with all your mess-ups. He's with you trying to help you make you more like him. That's amazing that we have that kind of life. That's amazing that here on earth we get to go through life with Jesus helping us every step of the way. Here's um, probably the last thing I want to say is in verse 3. Says again, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. Let's read through the whole thing because this all ties together. Verse 1 through 4. 
Listen, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are of earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So we've talked about already, we've died. But you know what that means? It doesn't mean that we're dead, like human dead, like lying on the ground with flies swarming around us. Nor does it mean that we're zombies. It doesn't mean that we're like walking around like, I once died, but now because of Jesus, I'm Like, that's not how it works. Our sin, flesh, old self, died. Now we're alive again. We're new. We have a new life with Christ. We still struggle with sin, but we have God to forgive us and help us and redeem us and grow us every step of the way. Now, we've looked at that verse where it says, for you have died, but I think we can see that we are more alive than most people on earth because we have Jesus. So here's my question for you guys, okay? Let's imagine you have a friend who is alive. He is not dead. It'd be weird if all your friends were like, you hung out in cemeteries and you're like, here's my friend, John. Here's my friend. Like, it's like pointing at the graves. Here are my friends. I like to hang out in graveyards. Um, Let's imagine you have a friend who's totally alive. Let's call him Dan, okay? Or Danica, if you're a girl. (laughs) Now let's imagine you go with your friend and he's like, or she, they're like, you know what, this is less confusing. I'm just gonna say Dan, okay? Straight up Dan. If you're a girl, you got a friend named Dan, deal with it, okay? <laughs> so you and Dan are hanging out and Dan's like, hey, I've got a great place for us to hang out. And you're like, okay. It's a cemetery. You're like, okay, this is weird. So you go and Dan grabs a shovel and he starts digging a grave and you're like, what are you doing, Dan? He's like, I'm just digging a grave, okay? Then Dan gets in the grave and you're like, what are you doing, Dan? You're like, just, you know, doing dead guy stuff. You know, you know how I do, just dead guy stuff. Like, what? All of a sudden, he starts, like, putting dirt all over his face. He grabs some worms and, like, lets them, like, crawl in his ear and, like, just all this stuff. He's just lying there. And... Yeah, exactly. If you were looking at Dan, you'd be like, Dan, stop doing dead guy stuff. Why are you doing dead guy stuff, Dan? That's weird. You're alive. You check your pulse, Dan. You are alive. Why are you doing dead guy stuff? Here's the point. The point is, don't do dead guy stuff. Here's what I mean by that. Listen, if you're a Christian, if you are following Jesus, you've been made alive, the Bible says. So then why do we spend so much time doing dead guy stuff? What I mean by that is, why are we listening to the music of dead guys? Like, not like actual dead guys. I listen to Beethoven and Bach and... You know, like people from the 60s who are dead. Um, But here's what I mean, okay? Here's what I did. I went online and I looked up uh, the the top 40 Billboard songs. You know, the songs that are like, the songs we listen to. The ones that are on the radio. Um, Because they did a study, okay? Listen, they did a study where they were like, this is like 10 years ago. They did a study and they were like, 30% of the music on the radio these days, the top 10 songs, the top 40 songs, are related to sex and drugs, okay? Just nasty stuff. That was 10 years ago. Well, nowadays, they were saying it's 90%. And I was like, that can't be true. So I went on the internet and I looked up top 10 Billboard songs. I looked at the lyrics of all 10 of those songs. Only one of them was not related to either sex, drugs, or both. 
And those are the songs that we're all listening to. The only song that made it out alive, okay with the lyrics, was Taylor Swift. Um, she made it out okay. But everyone else, all the other nine songs, were all just about nasty stuff. And I think a lot of you guys might listen to that stuff because it's just on the radio. Or maybe it's because your friends listen to it. But it's dead guy music. Listening to that kind of stuff, the things we watch, and I'm not saying if you watch a show about zombies that necessarily that's like a sin, but there are things that we watch where if we check our hearts, we're like, you know, I know this is pointing me away from God. I know that this is making me think things I shouldn't be thinking. I know that the more I watch the show that has all these swear words in it, the next time I stub my toe, those swear words are the first words that come in my mind. I know that listening to this music causes me to want to be rebellious against my parents because it just gets me all pumped up and in this rebellious antisocial mood. Um, I've been through that when I was a kid. I've listened to music that put me in a place where I was just very like, oh, I hate the world, I hate everybody. I'm gonna put on some eyeliner and cry. Um, (laughs) You know, um, we've we've been through stuff like that. Here's the point. There's stuff out there. I'm not one of those guys who's like, I had a guy, I had a, I had a guy who was like this. He was like, any song that wasn't written by a Christian is of the devil. I was like, what about Happy Birthday? And he's like, did a Christian write it? And I was like, I don't think so. And he's like, then it's of the devil and I'm never singing it again. I'm just gonna be like, happy Jesus to you. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I don't agree with that. I mean, obviously there's like things we can enjoy that Christians didn't make. But what I'm telling you guys is it's important to look at the stuff you're listening to, look at the stuff you're watching and go, is this affecting me in a bad way? Is this putting thoughts and words in my head? Should I maybe check the lyrics and see what this song is actually about? Or maybe even tell my parents like, hey, mom and dad, this is what I'm listening to. You're Christians. What do you think? And then maybe they'll have an idea of a way to guide you and direct you. But a lot of times, the, it's not necessarily your guys' fault. You guys are just like everybody else. But the world is constantly throwing stuff out of you that is dead guy stuff. It's stuff that because we're alive and because we're Christians, we shouldn't be exposing ourselves to it because it really does corrupt our hearts and our minds. Just like if you saw a guy in a grave doing dead guy stuff, you'd be like, that's weird, you're alive. We're Christians, we should be operating and doing things the way that live people do. I'm gonna give you guys one more story, okay? So, do you guys like eagles? You don't make that noise. I know. Do you like eagles? <laughs> All right, so there was once an eagle, a majestic eagle, who was flying around, swooping and swaying. I don't know. <laughs> he was flying around, okay? All of a sudden, he lands in a farm. The farmer comes out, and the farmer's bored. He's like, I'm a farmer. <laughs> he sees the eagle, and he's all, I'm going to mess with that eagle. Yuck. He grabs some twine, and he ties the eagle's uh, he, he ties the eagle's beak closed, and he ties the wings down. Then he sends it out with the chickens. All of a sudden, the eagle's trying to fly, but it's acting just like the chickens because chickens can't fly. So all he can do, his wings are tied down. All he can do is just waddle around, and he sees some seed. All he can do is just peck at the seed. When normally this majestic eagle, oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> he's here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All of a sudden, or, or, or before, that majestic eagle would like fly around and swoop down. And, no, I'm just kidding. He would swoop down and grab his prey and, and he would eat the mice. And like he was just, he was, he was free. He was an amazing free bird. Free bird. Now, now 
He's just like a chicken, just like all the other chickens. He's tied up. All he can do is waddle around. All he can do is peck at the little seeds on the ground because that's what all the other chickens do. Here's my point. Actually, I'm not done with the story. So one day, another farmer shows up, and he looks at the chicken, or he looks at the eagle, who's basically a chicken. He's like, what are you doing? Like, what did you do to this eagle, this majestic eagle? He was actually a nice farmer. And the other farmer's like, well, I was just messing with it. So the farmer, the good farmer, he takes the eagle, and he unwraps the string that has been around the beak and around the wings. You know what? That eagle had spent so many months acting like a chicken that it forgot it was an eagle. So it's still going around, pecking stuff, not flying. So the shepherd, or the the pastor, or not the pastor, (laughs) man, my brain. I had a donut today. I think it screwed up my uh, brain function. The other farmer looks at this eagle who's acting like a chicken. He's like, that's not right. So he takes the eagle and places him on a high wall. The eagle is standing on this wall, and it looks up, and it sees the clouds, and it sees the sun, and it sees the blue sky, and it remembers, I'm an eagle. And then it opens up its wings, and it flies away. Here's my point. Satan wants to keep your eyes down, like down all the time, just on like what you want to focus on, on the world, on just as many things that you can have to entertain yourself, as many things as you can have to try to make yourself feel happy. But you know what? This is an endless cycle. Like, there's so many apps. I have so many apps. Ask my wife. She's like, you have so many apps. I know, because I keep downloading them thinking, maybe this app will make me happy. And I'll play the game. I'm like, that was lame. I need another game. And I just keep downloading apps. It's an endless cycle. Clash of Clans, sure. You might find an app that... You might find an app that will make you happy. Here's the point. Here's the point, though. Just like that chicken was looking down the whole time because it was tied up, When it was freed, it forgot that it was an eagle. You guys are eagles. You guys are given a new life. God wants you to soar. He wants you guys to go out and do things, amazing things for him. But if you spend your whole life just looking down at what you think will make you happy and not looking up at the sky, I don't mean literally go out. Like if you're walking around looking at the sky, you'll get hit by a bus. Here's what I mean though. What do you guys think I mean when I mean look up? Look to God. Look to God. Okay? I'm serious. Your time, whether it's at morning, afternoon, or night, or whatever, in the Bible, when you have your devotions, when you spend time with God and you say, God, I'm going to give you a little bit of time in my day. I'm going to spend time with you. That's looking up. That's saying, God, I'm going to tell you what I'm going through. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you for help. I'm going to tell you what I'm thankful for. I'm going to just talk to you because we have a friendship. I think for some of you guys, God's like, hey, I miss you. Like, I want you to hear this message because I really genuinely miss you. I, re- I miss the times that we had together. I miss the times that we spent when you used to read and you'd write in your journal and you'd talk to me. I, I miss those times where, where you would tell me your heart and you'd tell me the pain you were going through and the things you struggled with. And then I told you, here's how much I love you. When I gave you the plan for your life, when I said, here's the next step you take in faith, it wasn't until that eagle looked at the sky that it remembered it was an eagle and it took off. I'm not saying you can't be on your phones. I'm on my phone all the time. I'm not saying you can't watch TV. I'm not saying you can't listen to music. But what I am saying is that God loves you and he really wants a relationship with you. And if you're not doing that, you're missing out on life. You've got your head down and you're focused on what you think will make you happy. And the awesome thing is that for me, 
the times where I look up and I realize who I am, that I'm a child of God, that I'm loved by God, that I'm forgiven by God, that God has a plan for me, that God wants to talk to me, that makes everything else that I do down here on the earth that much more enjoyable. It makes, every, it makes playing video games more enjoyable. It makes watching TV more enjoyable. How can you say that? It's weird. When I go to the movies um, and I watch a movie, when I've had my mind on God lately, I'll be watching the movie and I'm like, oh my gosh, that part of the movie reminds me of Jesus. That part reminds me of God. And I'll leave a movie that totally wasn't written about God and I'll walk out of the theater and I'll just be like, that reminded me of God in so many ways. It's, it's because if we set our minds on God, it affects everything else in our world. Are you, you guys are tripping out. Did you guys just experience that recently? No, we're going to go to the movie. Well, watch it and try to see if you can find anything that reminds you of Jesus. Because when you do that, it's always awesome. All right. I'm going to pray for you guys because I think my time is up. You guys are awesome. The main thing about all this is set your minds on things above. Verse 2. Read it and weep. No, I'm just kidding. Don't like going. (laughs) Maybe if you need to. (laughs) But read that verse and remember, don't do what? Don't do what? What kind of stuff? Dead guy stuff. Dead guy stuff. Don't do dead guy stuff. Set your mind on things above. Okay? When you do, it affects everything else in your life, and it makes it awesome. But it's got to start with that. It's got to start with you setting your mind on God, spending time with him, and letting him speak to you. If you're not doing that, you're missing out. I encourage you, do that. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. I pray that you would help us, God, to set our minds on things of you. God, it's so easy to get distracted. God, I am probably the biggest sinner in this category, just missing out so much on my time with you, spending so much time trying to accomplish things, trying to organize things, trying to just make my life on earth comfortable, um, working hard to, to make sure I enjoy myself, to make sure I'm entertained. And God, all of those things are not gonna last. It's crazy. It'd be, it'd be like... It'd be like moving, it'd be like knowing I was gonna move into a mansion tomorrow, but I spent my whole day trying to make my trash can pretty. That's what it's like, God. It's, it's when we spend our whole life trying to make our life on earth comfortable and pretty and amazing, it's just like dressing up a trash can when we know we're moving into a mansion the next day. God, I pray that you would help me to work on that mansion. God, I pray you'd help us to build the kingdom of heaven by spending time with you, first of all. And then when you tell us things like, hey, go and and tell that girl sitting in the corner that God loves her. Or hey, go give your parents a hug and tell them how much you love them. Or hey, go clean your room, not because anyone asked you, but just because you feel like it would bless your mom. Those are the things that build the kingdom of heaven. It's crazy to think that we miss out on those things because we're so selfish, because I'm so selfish sometimes. But God, I wanna be a kingdom builder and I want these kids to be kingdom builders too. I pray that you'd help us, God, to build your kingdom through small acts of kindness, like giving a little kid a cup of water or giving someone who's cold our coat in the name of Jesus. Lord, it's gotta start with our time with you. If we're not with you, we're just doing things for charity or to feel good about ourselves, God. But when we're with you, That's where worship happens. That's where you inspire us to go out and serve people and not care if anyone's watching, to not care if anyone sees us posting the good thing we're doing on Instagram and likes it, Uh, to do good things, Lord, just to make you happy, just to know, God, that it blesses your heart. Help us to be those kind of people. We love you, God. 
Thank you, Lord, that even though we died, we have a new life in you that is far more amazing. I'm glad that the old man is dead. Thank you, God, for that. And thank you for continuing to make us more like you every day. We love you. In your name, amen.